podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to this very special episode of the Celtic Exchange as part of a Celtic State of Minds charity weekender. The aim this weekend is to raise some much-needed funds for the parishes of St Mary's Carlton and St Alphonsus at the Barras, and we're delighted to play our part in that. I'm your host Tino, and today I'm joined by Sinke and by James. Lads, welcome to the show. A good one today, v Dundee United, and we'll spend a bit of time covering that before looking at some of the other key talking points surrounding Celtic at the minute. Sinke, I'll come to you first. Who's your favourite Celtic player just now, and why is it Thomas Peter Rodic? Oh, absolute baller. Yeah. Um, I thought he was good against Hearts during the week, but um, today, some absolute, he's a magician, the wizard, the wizard of Oz, yeah. the guy. Good stuff. James, what about yourself? How do you think it all went to date, Tanner? Are you happy enough with the performance? Yeah, I mean, 3-0, three, three points, you know, three points is all we're looking for in every single game, particularly in this really tight run we've got, but put in a good performance, scored a lot of nice goals, could have scored a lot more, but, you know, nothing to complain about there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a solid three points, decent enough performance, and we'll get into that in a bit more detail. Um, I do feel we've got levels to find, but as you said, Sinky, during the game, United offered very, very little, didn't they? Nah, and you look at the table, you'd think they would be off a wee bit more. I mean, when they played at Parkhead earlier in the season, they were more more up for the fight, but today they weren't, they weren't up to much at all. Quite dis- I was going to say Surprising. Ah, they were quite disappointing, but <laughs> it doesn't matter to us, does it really? Yeah, we'll take it. So obviously goals from Rodic, Turnbull and Liam Scales. And please for Liam Scales, you know, yeah, nice yeah. to see him get his goal. I think that's his first league involvement. He's played a bit in Europe and I think league he played Wraith Rovers in the League <clears> Cup. So good to see that. Uh, but that was enough to secure the win. But what I'd like to do is spend a bit of time on your, your man Rodic, Sinky. So um, I think we can clearly see... Who would have thought, you know, a year ago or longer that we'd be crying out for the return of Tom Rodgers to the team? He picked up that hamstring knock against Hibs at Easter Road, but he's just been a real revelation under Ange, and he was exceptional again today, James. I mean, he just ran the show. The, the things he's doing with the ball, you know, you just don't expect. Um, and like you say, when there was that potential move to Qatar, I wasn't going to step in his way. I just thought it was the yeah. right time. It's just, it seemed to have kind of ran its course at Celtic. And we've really, really missed him these last few weeks, so great to have him back. It would been madness from a footballing career point of view. Forget the money, but football-wise, would well, that have been crazy to lose his yeah. talent to such a, you know, a, a backwater league? To... At a young age. Uh, he's, yeah. he's an absolute baller. You have missed him the last few weeks, and it makes such a big difference. And under Ange, obviously, he's worked with him before with Australia, but you can see he's just enjoying his football. Some of his touches today, like, he's pulling the ball yeah. in the sky, dropping the dead and that, and the goal, we'll talk about the goal as well, but... Uh, he's, he makes some difference. He just fits in perfectly to that, to that system and that feeling of the middle of the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously his goal, the sole effort that got us off the mark. Uh, I think it was 19 minutes in today, and it was a very Rodgers kind of goal. I mean, talk us through it, James, for your point of view. Uh, I just it's funny because we are watching him, and he knows exactly where he's going. The minute he picks up the ball, and he's got four or five guys to go around, which he usually does. It's it's really just a, a solo slalom effort. Going, I think it was was it five guys he went past. I thought it was about 15 guys. <laughs> just old snake hips, just slalom through. But. That was, it was the hips. Uh, but the second he's picked up the, the ball, he knows exactly where he's driving to. And he knows where the goal is, as you said, kind of after game, the goal's not moving, so just keep your 
head straight, know where you're going, and he just gets his shot away, and Ex- the goal's got no chance. Exactly. I think he's actually used Mulgrew as the last defender as his kind of marker, yeah. and he's just curled it around. The goals don't move, and I think he just knew exactly where to clip it. Senki, how important do you think he's become to, to Angie's side? You know, we weren't sure... A, if Rodgers was going to feature at all, and B, if he'd entered like 90 minutes, he's now become, a, I mean, he went off after 70 of the day, but generally speaking, he's a 90 minute man under Ange. Aye, especially missing the draw today, because it gives you that like bit of magic, that bit of spark. Like, obviously, he's cut inside for the goal, skinned 15 guys, but he's so, so important to the way we play now. He gives you that creativity. I mean, Turnbull kind of drifts in and out the games, but you know when he gets the ball, something's, something's going to happen. Yeah. Some of the passes he's playing through it today as well, but it just makes such a big difference. And I think the, the guys were a bit enjoyed playing with him as well. I think uh, so. Big time. And we spoke a lot, James, you know, in previous shows about the, the kind of midfield three and what it's going to be. So if it various, um, you know, threes in there, whether it's McGregor's, Beaton's, McCarthy, he's dropped out again after doing pretty well the other week. Um, who do you think is the best three? Who, who would be your preferred three of the current personnel of those midfield uh, roles? It's McGregor in the defensive midfield, midfield role, Rogic and a signing. That's what's needed. A who? A signing. A signing, yeah. yeah. So I just completely ignore my, my question about the, the current <laughs> squad. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't think there is the same level as McGregor and Rogic in, in the three at the moment. So we need to sign someone. Yeah. Like that. I think Turnbull has talent. I just maybe he's got a wee bit of James Forrest that he doesn't believe how much talent he's actually got. Yeah, I really like Dave Turnbull. I seen a tweet uh, before we came in here. I, I, I wish I remember the name. I credit the fellow, but he basically says, "Bury me on a David Turnbull shaped hill. I'm going all in <laughs> on this guy. He's got the talent." And I replied saying, "Can you get me a Mikey Johnson shaped one as well? Because <laughs> he's my guy." But there's no doubt these guys have got talent. David Turnbull scored a really decent goal today, but just after or just before that, sorry, before he's made a real mess of a, an easy one, hasn't he? It was an absolutely lucky what he's got after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tumble, what I like about it, he doesn't hide. Jimmy's involved. No, he does show. Came back from a serious knee injury as well, and obviously he's had the season under near Lennon last year to, to find his feet. But he's still a very young man. I think he's 22 years of age, maybe there or thereabouts. And he's going to come in and out of things. And I'd love, as you say, James, if we had a suitable replacement to give him a bit of time. But we don't really have that guy just now. No, and you know, we'll come on to talk about January and stuff later on. But that's that's a real key area for me because you've got Kyogo making all those runs and he's not getting the supply. And that's a real fault. If we were supplying Kyogo more, we'd be getting more goals out of him. Yeah. There's talk, we'll get to it in a bit, but there is talk about, is it real Hatate, if I'm mm. pronouncing that correctly? And he plays everywhere. <laughs> he plays left back and also up front and also midfield. Mm. Um, but there is a suggestion that he could be that driving kind of box-to-box midfielder and maybe he's the guy. I do agree, I think Rodgers has been a real bonus because maybe, as I say, we weren't sure if he was going to be the guy. But I agree, it's McGregor in the six, it's Rodgers up ahead of him and it's somebody else, I think, in place of David Turnbull. So we'll see how that goes over time. Listen, he's taking his goal very well. How very do you well. think that was? Just a real... Presence of mind, you know, to to it was a good ball in for a start, but he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, uh, I think you picked out during the game. He's maybe thought he could score it in the first touch, uh-huh. and then he's realised, well, the goal's behind me, and the goal's in front of me. I'll just tuck it away. Uh, <laughs> it's actually like a wee bit like that uh, Decanio one with the golden no. boots. I'm not quite <laughs> confirming that, but you all know the one at Pitodri where he's lifted. Is it is it Nicky? Somebody the goal. It's, it's a world away from that. <laughs> 
because <laughs> they can't omit every single inch of that. But he's taken it pretty well, so please for that. Listen, a key talking point for the game, um, and it's definitely worth you know spending a bit of time on, was what I think we all agree was a, a red card for Callum Butcher. It's a horrendous tackle. You know, the fact that we're chatting again before we come on here, the fact that F's given a yellow actually means he should be given a red. And what I mean by that is, if he's seen that tackle in its entirety, I mean, he's shin high, he's reckless, he's in at pace, he's got to go, hasn't he? Well, maybe, you know, there's a, a wider discussion on this that you might have, have planned, but for me, it ties in with two offsides that were given against Celtic that weren't offsides during the game. Uh, one for Kyogo and one for... Mickey Johnson, I Mickey Johnson, I. And that ties into Crawford Allen being on the radio on Saturday. So as the pressure on him, I think, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a hard time if I call this wrong, so I'll learn to say the caution. So is Don Robertson thinking, if I send this guy off and it turns out it was a yellow card, am mm. I going to get a hard time? It was a shocking challenge and a straight red all day. Yeah. It's interesting that pressure usually comes to managers, doesn't it? Uh-huh. To, make, to make decisions. Not, actually, not from your gaffer. I know, I know it's the pressure yeah. on your own team. Yeah. If you compare it to Ryan Porter's challenge in Aribo, you know, so Butcher is off his feet, he's reckless, not in control, he's over the ball, he makes stud contact on uh, Turnbull's shin. It's a horror challenge. Yeah, We'll definitely get to Crawford Allen and, and his nonsense and a wee bit, it's definitely uh, an item on the agenda, but yeah, I wonder if it's just putting pressure on referees, unfair, you know, on whether it's Don Robertson today or anyone else, to just make sure you don't give Celtic anything too lenient after the nonsense during the week. Yeah. We'll get to it, so we'll leave it for now and we'll, we'll certainly pick that one up. Um, and listen, it's it's hard to be, to find a negative in a 3 win, you know, overall delighted with that today. And it could have been a tricky one and you're thinking, away to Tannadice, they've had a decent start to the season. I don't know where they are, maybe fourth in the league, something like that. And you're thinking that could be pretty difficult. As you say, Sinky, they've offered very little. But from a Celtic point of view, there's also been a lot of wasted chances. And 3 was great. But would four, five, six have given us a real boost, getting into a, a real heavy schedule? A big time does they produce that bit of magic. The game goes on and on and on. You're missing these chances. Yeah. You, they can go either way. I mean, they can get lucky break up the path. They didn't offer much, as we know. But mm-hmm. the longer it goes on, and we're very, very wasteful. I mean, that was about, that was three year on 10. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least today, with some of the chances you missed, we're just not clinical enough. And that could bite you in the backside. It could at some point, listen, it, it looks like it's going to be a, a neat title race and it, it could potentially go all the way and Geez, the nerves would be shot to pieces if it goes to goal difference on a final day. But it could. You know, you can see how tight it is. And I think at the moment Celtic are maybe two to three, two or three goals to the good, maybe more after today. But it could have been, you know, so many more. I mean, I've noted that you know Turnbull's guilty, Kyogo. Kyogo had a, a couple of really decent yeah, chances. Yeah. James Forrest has come on to one in his left foot and made yeah. all sorts of mess of it. A bad has missed a really decent chance going forward. So, I mean, there's a matter, James, in the context of the three points, obviously not, but for confidence and for goal difference, is it important that we're putting these to bed? And you'll think it matters in terms of what he's watching and what he's coaching into these players. You know, he's creating the football that creates those chances and we're not taking them. But I think he'll be quite circumspect about it as well, that we're putting a lot of weight onto Kyogo himself. Johnson's you know, in and out of the team, Forrest only back from injury. I think he's maybe sees a bit of tiredness throughout the team, you mm. know, for, for guys that have been playing a lot, a lot of football. So I don't think he'll be getting, you know, hair dryer stream on Monday morning stuff, but he won't want to see <clears throat> chances go up begging like that. Having created the great football to put the chance on a plate, I think it's just a January situation when he, you know, give Kyoga a bit of a hand up front. Yeah, he definitely needs a break. And again, just you're cutting right into my agenda before I'm ready for these points, <laughs> but. We'll so, talk yeah. about January and what the priorities are, and I do think Hugo needs a hand because if he, God forbid, he picks up an injury like Jota, but if he had to come out the team, what's the options here? We've got Jack Amakis on the treatment table, and you've got Albina Yeti, who I think was on the bench today. 
That is not acceptable. Imagine having to get into this December runway. A yeti is your number nine. Recall the graph. Oh, <laughs> James, please, you're ruining my Sunday. <laughs> um, obviously, there were some changes to the team. So, uh, Carter Vickers comes back in. Uh, he missed the game for personal reasons, whatever that may be, and hope everything's okay there. But him and Starfield have lined up at the back. I think it was a pretty steady afternoon, all in all. Starfield did have a moment just after the goal where he picked up a, a silly yellow. Um, notably, of course, though, Taylor comes back in at left-back and Juranovic at right-back. And I think that's the first time those two have, have paired off as the right and left-backs. How do you think they've done? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fine. T- Taylor, I just think, is a limited footballer. Um, a few things today where he just did Taylor-y type things. Taylor-y things. Taylor-y things. <laughs> where he's got himself in a good position and then he makes a bad pass, you know. It just, oh, it's very harsh, but it just looks like Kamarnik's left back to me. Mm. He's never managed to shake that that image. Juranovic yeah. um, wasn't actually great, but a slop, sloppy passing from him. I think so. A good player, very, very keen to get forward, very able to get forward. Yeah. Didn't quite link up with Jamesy and then didn't really link up with Abada. So mm. not not a great game from, from his standard, I would say. Big bits to fill from Tony <laughs> Ralston. <laughs> Do you know what? Like Juranovic, it was weird. I mean, he did, he did one of these games where he was just kind of in and out of the game. Um, I don't know, like, was he obviously moving forward? We expected more because he's moving his natural position. Mm. And I was expecting a bit more from him today. Um, but I, just, for, for both of them, it's a steady game. Having Taylor back gives you a bit of balance. But as, as James says, he is a very, very limited player. The amount of times where he's very wasteful in possession, he goes back the way quite a lot. Mm. And he's definitely not, he can't do the inverted field back. Yeah, yeah. And listen, he's. First game back after injury, so you never know. I mean, the way I'm looking at it as well is we've seen how certain players have evolved and developed under Ange. Ralston being the you know the, the prime example. Maybe Taylor could be that guy, or, or do, you, do you think it's just he's got his limit and he's, he's maybe just about there? I, I think he can, you know, Ange can make him a better player than he was when he when Ange came into the club, and I think we've maybe seen a bit of that already. I don't know how much further he can go. Maybe kind of reach the ceiling. He's missed three months, so. And in that, in that time, obviously, he's not been able to work with him. So, yeah. we'll see how he goes. But I think in January, we'll talk about January in a minute, I think a left-back's I think you're right. Uh, moving further up the field, I've uh, stated many times, and I've had all sorts of grief uh, about my my fondness for Mikey Johnson. I just think, and I hope I don't sound arrogant here, I just think if you know football, you know he's a talent. You know that he's got ability. You can see that he's a very good footballer. I think we were speaking this afternoon during the game about some recent articles we've read and kind of picked up on that Celtic had such high hopes for Mikey Johnson. It was a real, um, you know, when he was coming through the academy, they, they just had such belief that he was going to go on and hit the, the dizzy heights. And he's been seriously unlucky. He's picked up some bad injuries and different things, but, you know, there's no good looking back the way now. He is now 23 years of age. All of a sudden, due to Jota's injury, he's going to get a run. You know, it looks like maybe the next two, three, you know, four or five games, he might, he might feature, you know, a lot more prominently. And it's now over to Mikey Johnson. It's up to him to prove himself and, and show exactly what he's got. I was so desperate for him to do it today. And he showed flashes today, but over the piece, over the 90, pretty average, I would say. That's exactly it. Flashes. And I'm not, you know, the uh, Mikey Johnson backer that you are to, to that level. Nobody is. Nobody is. That. Who, who could be? I back him more than he's more than but, but see, when he gets on the ball, you're, you're going, come on, let, let's see it. Because we know you've got it. Yeah. Um, but it was it was flashes. You know, there was he put the ball in for Forrest, for example. So you know he was doing yeah. a lot of good creative stuff. It's just lack of consistency, lack of confidence, lack of belief in your own ability. 
know, he, he must hear the, the fans' rumblings as well about his performance. He's always come, come on. I think the fans are, are trying to get behind him, but I don't think so. I, don't, I, no, think, I, I find that very negative that, space, but mm, Mikey, John, uh, I think it's unfairly negative. If you don't rate him as a player, that's fine. But some of the the vitriol online, particularly Twitter, which is no great place to be at the best of times, but some of the noise against him, I get it. If you don't rate him as a player, but there's been real. We've made a glass. He's useless. Get him out and all that stuff and. And other, you know, uh, more statements like that. I, I just think it's poor. Uh, to touch on your point, the next five or six games will be if we can stay injury free, which is a, a big if, right? Mm-hmm. If we can stay, if we get some of the games, he's obviously got all come back in. But this is a big, big month for Nicky yeah. Johnson. This is a, this biggest month his career. This is probably his yeah. big chance because he's, he's he's fully fit. He's going to get a run of games, and then we'll see what he does. This is his opportunity. I think so. I think it's a real important time in his Celtic career just now, and. Just so desperate for him to succeed in, and I hope he does. Uh, another guy that we've got to cover, James, uh, on behalf of our absent colleague, Miff. Um, so Miff is such a fan of James Forrest. Uh, Miff himself, obviously, housewife's favourite. Shame he can't get house husband's favourite as well. Shame he <laughs> can't be here in today. Must have a chance to get in camera to I see know, Miff. Yeah. Lovely, handsome man. Anyway, so Miff can't be here today, but he will bang the drum anytime asked about James Forrest. He's a huge fan. And listen, the majority of Celtic fans are. You know, you can't argue with his CV and, you know, the, the medals he's picked up and, you know, the various accolades. But he also showed today just why we get frustrated with James Forrest at times. James, you mentioned the, there was a cutback from Mikey Johnson in the first half. Forrest comes on to it and it's just there to be tucked away in the left and he's, he's just got it all wrong. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. There was a lot of other things as well. Um, it is this, you know, I said it just last week, it's the lack of self-belief, I think. You know, if James believed his talents as much as, I think he is a really talented guy, but there's so much hitting the first man, scanning things out, just getting the ball took off you in dribbles. You know, you're a Celtic winger, you should be able to dribble past guys, mm-hmm. you know, and so many times he just loses it in his feet. Um, the chance miss was just very poor. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm well stated as to what I think about James yeah. and I don't see it changing. That's the problem. I think he's, he's not waiting to fight you when you get home. <laughs> the, the gates. Yeah. Um, um, he's not advancing, he's not progressing. <clears throat> no, so he's just think... thinking, I'm, I've got all my stats, I've got my CV, I don't need anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's, you know, he lacks effort and application. I just think, I don't know, he, he's obviously a winger who's now 30, 31, and pace is crucial for a winger, and I think he's maybe lost a wee bit of that. He's been unlucky, he's missed almost a full season for injury, and he divides opinion, and, and today almost in 45 minutes or so, epitomises why. Sinky, obviously, Abada came in for him. Um, how do you feel he's doing at the moment? Uh, I don't see much difference in Abada. I mean, he's been in and out before he's coming back, I think. He's been... He's, he's, as we're talking about wingers, right? so we mentioned Mikey Johnson, mentioned Abada and Forrest. At Celtic, and a winger is going to get a lot of the ball all the time, and they're always up for scrutiny, right? Always. But Abada just seems to be just going through the motions quite a lot of the time. Like when he first came out of the when he first came out of the team, his first few games, mm-hmm. he was driving at people coming inside. Now he seems to get the ball, thinks about it, and just gives gives it to someone else. Yeah. He's not he's not really setting the, the header. Like he looks afraid to take take guys on at one point. He got the ball on the right hand side and he was facing up to Charlie McGrew one on one. And I said, That's just perfect. If you're a winger and you get the chance to stand up Charlie McGrew and you know show some trickery, it's great. And I think he took these out. I can't remember how that one fared out, but or played out. But I don't think he took him on. I think he ended up just passing it back or something. And as you say, Sinky, for a guy who when he came in was so confident, you know, we were there, James, when he scored against Mutual yeah. game one, scored the first competitive goal under Ange. And he then went on to score as he gets six, seven, maybe eight goals like that, yeah. and, and various assists. Yeah. He was 
up here in terms of confidence and performance levels. And I just wonder why it's it's he's gone so far it's back since then. It's interesting because it, it came in, it was very direct. Mm-hmm. And it seems he had no fear at all. He's oh, 20, maybe 19, 20 now. Um, is it fearless, direct? And that seems to like, he, he seems to like apart that. And I don't know, it just seems like he's going through the motions. I don't know, it's weird. I wonder how much the structure that Ange plays, you know, first game, you're not getting too much coaching into the guy. As he's getting coached and coached and coached as the week goes on, and say, well, that's not actually what we want you to be doing. Why? I wouldn't know. But is it something the coach that's saying, don't take that move because percentage chance X, Y, Z, it's better if we create a you know a move with your teammates or something, something. His game seems to have changed. Mm. And why would you change your game yourself when your game was really working? I don't think Ange is the kind of coach that would ever discourage wingers taking men on. I think, I think so. he is huge on that. I think he loves that, you know, attacking uh, style of play. And I think wingers are such an important part of, of what Ange believes in. So I don't think he'll have discouraged them in any way, shape or form, but for listen, for whatever reason, sense, it can right? be a variety of reasons. Yeah. He's in a new country, he's a young man, maybe he's not settled in the way he'd hoped. There's all sorts of things that we maybe don't know, but what we do know and what we can see is a regression in his, his mm-hmm. form and his performances. I don't know if James Forrest picked up an injury. He was holding his hamstring oh, yeah. at one point. And that might mean that for going from Jota on the left and Forrest on the right, we're going to go with Mikey Johnston left and Abad on the right. And that could be quite challenging for us over these, you know, we've got seven games left in the month of December. I don't think there's much between Abad and Forrest at the moment. I don't think there's <coughs> much of muchness. So it's it's the left is, is the big issue. And you've already told us Johnson's going to shine. He will set the header light on one side, but we do need something on the other side. Yeah. Um, just last kind of point before we move on from Dundee United. Liam Skills has come in. As mentioned, that's his first uh, Premiership, Scottish Premiership involvement. He's played a couple of games in Europe and different things. How do you think he done? It was a fairly short cameo, but he obviously got his goal, which will be a great boost for him. How do you think he played? I think he played as well, if not better, as any time I've seen him. I can't understand why he's not getting a chance where Montgomery's maybe had a few starts or coming on during the week and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know with skills, and no one can really know with skills because we've not seen enough of him. I thought he was a wee bit clumsy the left back after his goal, a couple of wee slack passes here and there. But you know, he needs 90 minutes under his belt. So, you know, hopefully we see a bit from the, in the coming weeks. But, yeah, took his goal well. There's a lot of work to be done there and presence of mind, you know, keep the ball down, get it placed. Mm-hmm. But they're really well there. But he's always impressed me when he's come on. Yeah, the third goal's a very good goal. So, mm-hmm. Beton's found a real decent switch of play uh, from the centre out to the right-hand side. A bad has taken it, you know, any stride and just cut it back. I think the cutback was probably for Kyogo. But it's right. gone behind and Skills has come on and, and he's tucked it away nicely. So, it's, it's a really decent goal, Sinky. What I was going to ask about was... Near Beaton, you know, the starter of that move. I believe he made his 250th appearance yep. for Celtic today. He's approaching 10 years at the club, which is crazy. Do you think he's a useful guy for Ange to have around? Well, I, we, we discussed it last week. Like, he is. And when he off injured against Leverkusen, everyone's like, we've, Disaster, we've, we've, we've missed, we've missed yeah. him. And you, you, you ever thought, we mentioned that in the pod the other week, but you never thought you'd say, we're missing him. But he's a good guy to have around. Um, definitely on a certain half. Right? We, can all, we can all agree on that. But in that, for a, for backup for a number six for McGregor, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You know, we've talked about Tom Rogic, we've briefly mentioned Tony Ralston and Neil Beaton. These guys have been in the club for several years. And had somebody told you, so Ange came in, I believe, on the 10th of June, or he was appointed on the 10th of June. If somebody told you, his character, Postacoglu, is going to come in and Rogic, Ralston and Beaton will be mainstays. 
you'd be seriously worried, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We talk about Liam's scales. So obviously, he thought he was going to get around because Taylor was out for three months. Mm-hmm. But because of the form of Alston and Janovic, he couldn't get near the team. Yeah. Um, but as interesting, all these, all these nearly men became kind of stalwarts in the team. Now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what we'll do, we'll move on from United. Obviously, you know, most important thing, in fact, for all games at the moment, is getting the three points. Managed to do that and a few goals to the good and overall, you know, a decent day at the office. What I'd like to do now is spend some time on Thursday night, uh, the Hearts game. So I was there with yourself, James, and that was the first of nine games that we'll play in the month of December. Um, and obviously there's some kind of tough fixtures to look forward to and we'll, we'll cover that in a bit of detail. Um, it was nearly towards the end, wasn't it? But overall, Celtic were well worthy of the points, weren't they? Absolutely. You know, I caught the highlights when I got in kind of late on and Thursday night, it was going to extend the 10-minute highlight package. And it was all Celtic, you know, bar a few things. And the stats bear that out. But in the, the radio after the game, you'd think that was a real, you know, nervy, tight game. I know the scoreline might have been, but the game wasn't. It was all Celtic. And like I say, the stats mm-hmm. bear that out. So um, it was all of the, the noise about refereeing decisions because it was something that, for me, and I've watched it dozens of times, I still can't see if Q goes offside or not because... Scotland won't put the technology in to let us make that call. Yeah. And then if you can't tell after having watched that so many times, then the, the attacker gets the benefit of the doubt. So there's no debate on it. It's it's move on, but Scottish football doesn't want to move on. Yeah, exactly. So it seems that since the game, it's almost like the whole of Scottish football, or at least certain factions of the media and you know different people have been in uproar simply because Celtic got the benefit of the doubt from a goal that might, and I seriously stress, might have been offside. You know, it's it's inconclusive at this moment in time. But the narrative from guys like Chris Boyd and others is that all of a sudden it was 100% off and Crawford Allen seems to have come out now and backed that up. Uh, and he's coming out and, you know, kind of made various statements about the game. And that's a guy, why are we hearing from Crawford Allen now? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, what about, I don't want to go all mad conspiracy theory what about here. A but, yeah? What about a badder? Against Hearts at Tynecastle, of Mikey course. Johnson. And Robbie Nielsen's delighted to talk about all the, the, the poor decisions the other night, Neil Lennon, poor decisions. Yeah. The other night, but he doesn't want to talk about the poor decisions at Tynecastle. So, why is you know Crawford Allen choosing this moment in time to come out? You know, is, is there more to that, James? Like, what do you what do you see from that? Certainly, will need to have a real sharp mind on this to understand what's going on. If they don't want to let that unravel to our uh, detriment, something's happening for sure in Scottish football. There's a market getting put down, and it's not going to be to Celtic's benefit. So, Celtic, the company, the club, whatever, they need to be on this to understand what's going on and ask. The questions of the SFA as to why that guy's out now, mm. why he wasn't out when Rangers scored a, an offside goal against Motherwell. Yeah, and I, and I mean an offside goal, <clears> not a nearly. Yeah, you need the consistency, don't you, Sinky? You do, you do. And I've never seen a loud guy like I don't know. I've got about conspiracy theories. Like there's bad decisions every weekend, every weekend. But it just seems that this offside goal, well, partly offside goal, has caused um, absolute uproar, mm-hmm. and it seems to be an us thing, which mm. is which is a which is. Pretty expect it, wouldn't mm, you? Maybe so. And as we touched on earlier on there, it does now put pressure. So Crawford Allen has come out and he's criticised Bobby Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he said, you know, maybe Bobby got that one wrong and different things. So now today's linesman, for example, they're thinking, I don't want the big boss guy saying that after that, a dodgy game. So if in doubt, I'll just flag that as offside because I don't need the grief. And all of a sudden, it was both linesmen. It wasn't one linesman twice. It was both. Yeah, lines. a couple of decisions in each half. And you just wonder if Celtic are going to fall foul now of people being so afraid to make a mistake that, you know, they're going to give decisions against us, which would otherwise have been fine. And, but that, if, you, if you're at your job and your boss has been on the radio the day before saying, <clears throat> don't make any stupid calls, and there's something that if you don't call it, you're not going to get a hard time. If you do call it, you're, you're 
not going to get hard time. You know, it's like, which way do you go? You know, if you, if you call it offside uh, against Celtic, you know, then you won't get a hard time if you call it in Celtic's favour. You're not going to have time. Yeah. You do hope that Celtic would be at least asking the question, if not, you know, out in public, behind the scenes. You know, can someone from Celtic make a call and ask for a bit of time with Crawford Allen and say, can you just explain yourself here as to why you've chosen to come out at this moment in time when, and they could cite the dozen or so examples of where there's been other poor decisions against Celtic. So, Rooster, I don't know. Rooster 67 is available to help. Yeah, that's yeah. A, a well-known blogger that, that we're close with. But yeah, there's some funny decisions and I just think it was strange. Uh, and I'm just, I'll just leave it out. I'll just say it's strange that Crawford Allen has chosen to come out in such a fashion. Anyway, going back to more positive things from the Hearts game, uh, Carol Starfelt returned to the team. That was the first time since, I think, Livingston on the 30th of October where he'd done his hamstring. And he picked up man of the match after a, a really solid performance over the 90 minutes. I'll come to you first, James, because you made a call early on Starfelt that you thought he wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't fit for early; purpose. it was moderately early. I think it was about four or five games in. No, it was, it was well in. <laughs> okay, mate, I'll give you six games. But he was a, a real solid performer against Hearts the other night. What is your take on him now? I mean, again, somebody made a point on Twitter recently about can we not, you know, give guys four, five, six months before judging them? And I think we're all we all fall in that trap where, and I certainly do it myself. After four or five games, you're going, you'll never make it at Celtic. He's a dud, he's this, he's that. And I think a lot of us have maybe raised question marks over Starfield. But what do you feel now after his, his performance against Hearts? Yeah, I mean, you're making the calls based on what you're seeing with your eyes both then and now. Mm-hmm. And what I was seeing with my eyes then was a guy who wasn't comfortable in his role. And he's meant to be this, he told us he was pacey, he wasn't being pacey. I, I, I stand by my call at the time. He was playing very poorly mm-hmm. and it didn't look, look like it was going to happen for him. He was outstanding on Thursday against Hearts. Yeah. And I said it during the game and after the game. Um, I was really impressed. I think he's come back fitter. He's come back more focused. Yeah. He's maybe just had a bit more time to spend with the coaches. So, you know, any Celtic player that goes on to play well for Celtic and proves me wrong, delighted. Yeah. I mean, good players can get through a bad spell. I think that's just part of football. And do you think that was maybe a case of Starfield finding his feet in those early days? Again, you, you've got straight, to appreciate it. Against Hearts, ironically. Against hearts. But he's a guy who's, who was playing his football in the last couple of years in Russia. So you've gone from Ruben Kazan to Celtic. And is it maybe unrealistic to expect guys just to click into play and go and get 8, 9, 10 out of 10 every week from a, a move like that? How do we expect that? You expect, like, I think the, what did it help was the other signings hurt the ground running. They all hurt the ground running. They have some people for some players to get to settle in, and he looks like one of their players. I think, I think the spell out has probably helped him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, James is right; he's come back and he looks more focused. He was outstanding against that. He was yeah. intercepting everything, reading the game great. I thought he was. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I think when it comes to just straightforward defending, he mm-hmm. is excellent. He's a he's a you know physical guy and mm-hmm. very strong in the tackle. Doesn't lose many headers. Carter Vickers the same actually, and I just wonder if Angie's system is so unique. So it would take a bit of time for, you know, even the best player out there to get used to that and, and change your style of play because defenders, by the name, their job is to defend and all of a sudden he's saying to Carter Vickers on the right and Starfield on the left, I know you're just defenders, but come on out now and link up the play and, and be the, you know, the link between yourself and Callum or, or whoever's on the right and left. And you're just asking guys to do a very different thing, which is fine and I'm sure they're happy to do so, but it's natural it would take a bit of time for them to get used to that. Absolutely, I mean that system alone. But the thing is, with the Angie's system, when you're, when you're playing centre half, you're you're exposed quite a lot, mm-hmm. especially when they break up the park. Yeah. Um. So it takes a bit of getting used to that. Mm-hmm. Um. And getting the, the country, the 
playing alongside different partnerships, obviously, Calvin Vickers and stuff like that. He's played with uh, Stephen Welsh as well. So it takes me a bit of getting used to it, but there's signs of it. There's signs of a player. I mean, we're all quick to judge, but as James said, I'm happy enough to, to criticise somebody that he proved me wrong later yeah. down the line. Yeah. I'll take that every day. Fair enough. Uh, James, do you think Calvin Vickers and Starfield are the, the best and a half pair at the club? Yeah, yeah, I think that's quite steady together, mm. you know. Um, I think it particularly helps Carter Vickers from Starfield's there because he can sit back and let Starfield come out with the ball. Mm. You know, he, he's the one that's taking things forward and making that link to the midfield. We saw when Starfield was out that Carter Vickers wasn't enjoying that. It's just not part of his game. He's yeah. he's a big, big unit. He's maybe just not quite as mobile. Once he gets going, he can move a bit. It just takes a bit to just get him going. A, bit and it just... a wee bit. So, yeah, yeah I, th I think they're pretty solid and settled and, you know, the longer they can keep that pairing together, the better. Yeah. Now, I've asked the question in previous weeks, but I'd like to do it today on this show. And put it to you first, Sinky. Chris Julian will hopefully be back from injury pretty soon. Does he slot right in? And if so, who for? Um, I don't think he does. No? No, I don't Seven million man Chris Julian. I know. Do you know something? I, I like the big man. Um, But he's been in it. It's pretty much a year now, isn't it? He's so not played this calendar year. He's not played this like a full year out. And... Judging by Andy's <coughs> comments, uh, when he was asked a question about him, he was quite blunt in his response. So yeah. there's been quite a lot of whisperings about like, careers finishing up. I'm hope, I really hope it's not. But I think that the day they two are probably going to be your, your two set of halves. Um, Carter Vickers and um, Starman. Starman. And I, I can't see Julian coming back. And if he does, it'll be like a wee cameo here and there just to bring him back. But the thing is, with Ange, he doesn't rush players. Back. Mm. He's only done. He's done it once when he brought McGregor and Kyogo back against Leverkusen, but he, he seems to take, take the time. With Forrest, they took his time with him and gradually brought him back, brought him back. So I think Julian's a bit off it, and I don't yeah. seem to go straight back in. And he seemed a bit spiky last week when he was asked about it because for the last number of press conferences or media conferences, he's been asked a question. He's saying, "Yep, after the international break or yeah. whenever, whenever." Ask me again tomorrow. And it's gone October, mm. November. You know, it's gone to. Stop asking me, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you're quite clear, James, but you don't see Julian fitting in, do you? The Starfield that I slagged off early in the season, I think he can replace him. The Starfield that played against Hearts, he can't. Yeah. Uh, if he's still at the club, then I think having the three of those guys rotating and Welsh as well, if we're going to be fair, because he played very well yeah. the other night too. So if you the four of those guys you know, rotating for your centre-half positions, which, you know, there's a lot of football getting played if you're a Celtic player. My own analysis of it with that spikiness is... And I've heard this in the summer as well, is that Julian doesn't want to be there. His pals are away and he'll go in January. Mm. So he'll coast it out. He'll be, he's maybe even fit now, but he's saying, oh, I'm not quite ready, not quite ready. He'll go in January and that's fine. You're the three of those guys. We all yeah. start feeling Vickers. And also like all good podcasters, you, you retain your right to change your opinion at any given moment. Should things not? <laughs> Stay alert. <laughs> yeah. Stay good alert. thing this hasn't been recorded. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think it is interesting about Julian. I'm a big fan. You know, I, I know you don't particularly rate him. You're not quite sure of his style. He scored some seriously important goals for Celtic. And I think what a lot of people do agree on is he seems an Ange kind of player. He's comfy with the ball at feet. So he's maybe a less effective defender than Starfield and Carter Vickers. But he is a guy that can start the moves from the back. And that's why I think he could be very good. One of the things that stands out is like, you know, he's in physical battles. Really. He was like Dykes, remember? He came against Livingston. Yeah. He got bullied. Mm -hmm. And for a big guy, a big, big, Probably set and a half. He got he got actually toragged yeah. off off dikes, and it happened a couple of times. When it was a boy for Aberdeen as well, had him had him on so so every time yeah. because I think it's a physical challenge. He's 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 not your man. I don't mm. I don't believe. Yeah, you need to be both for Ange. I think Dykes got his move to QPR purely based on Julian <laughs> Julian for a, a couple of games. Um, but yeah, well, we're very interesting as I say. We now don't know if it's next week, next month, next year. 
uh, for Julian. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on that and, and we'll see how he, how he fares. Just speaking of injuries, that you know, they're, they're stacking up, obviously, against Hearts. We had Jota, Ralston and Welsh, you know, all kind of having to get substituted. And Jack and Marcus is currently on the sidelines. And, you know, it's become a bit of a cliched question, but do you think, James, the current squad can make it through these December fixtures successfully? There's, there's no question on it. They've just got to. So just got to find the mental resolve to, to get through. I mean, you've seen guys slotting in there today and doing really well, mm-hmm. you know, and coming away with a, a big win. So if he's got the squad ready mentally, that when you get your chance, take your chance. You know, Scales, for example, coming in pretty mm-hmm. much from the cold, but gives Taylor a rest, gets his goal. You'll feel good about that. So, yeah, I think they can and I think they have to. Yeah, I think it's just the, the prospect of any more key injuries. Mm-hmm. Jota was the big worry, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And when he's gone off the other night and, and he's pulled up, you're thinking, Straight away, do not need Jota to get an hamstring injury. If Kyogo Sinki or McGregor get injured, that's a worry. And we've got, we've got the squad to actually a good place. See before, obviously, the Hearts game. Mm. With people coming back, obviously, Big Tam came back. Beaton came back as well. Forrest is back. Yeah. Forrest is back. We're getting all these bodies back. And then what happens on <clears> Thursday? You lose the, you lose the three. Yeah. But the three, three and four subs. Uh, exactly. I know. And that, and come back to the game itself, that kind of killed the flow of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we managed to see it out. But as, as James says, it's just, just need, we just need to plough through and, yeah. and, and what, yeah. what you call it what the team you've got, I suppose. <laughs> 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 it's a family show, Matt. Fair enough. Um, in terms of the squad, I mean, even just looking today at the bench, you've got you know, Baines, the goalie. Barkas is nowhere near our squads, by the way. Yeah, is he? I, I think he's just, back <laughs> he's been given it extended leave or early Christmas. But Baines, the goalie, Montgomery, Scales, McCarthy, Beaton, Abada and Ayeti. And there's some okay quality in there, but as light, isn't it? It's when you see the injuries that we've got just now that we've just picked up, is when you start to see it's starting at the threadbare. Like you said, when Thursday wasn't the threadbare, once you lose those three picks and you're bumping up three more guys on the bench, you go, well, it's getting a bit tight. So, yeah, signings are required. There's a transfer window coming up. Yeah. Math mentioned it on last week's podcast, but it's a huge December for us in terms of the on-park stuff. January is also huge in terms of what we do and you know, the transfer market and, and who we pick up. So the latest news this morning, I think it comes from, is it Dan Orowitz, the, yeah, the Japanese football, yeah. Times journalist? He's quite good on, on Twitter, you know, he's quite prominent and he, he's followed Dan's journey. So he's mentioned there's a, a triple move for J-League players. So we've heard about uh, Daisen Maeda for, for quite a long time now and more recently Rio Hatate, if I'm pronouncing that right, which I'm probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next guy has even tricky, I think it's Yosuke Idaguchi. So uh, I'll put you in the spot, Sinky. What do you know about him? I've seen him in chat manager. He's a player. <laughs> so it's it's the reinforcements we need. And these do, by all accounts, Maeda and Hatate, they're already done deals. There's some sort of prospect of getting them in on loan in January with a view to a permanent sign in the summer. Um, Maeda's a striker. Hatate, as we mentioned, is quite a, a versatile player. And I believe Idaguchi's a centre mid. We're crying out for reinforcements in it. On paper, it does seem these guys will be good additions if we get them. Yeah, particularly the flexibility they give you. Um, I think Maida you know, can play a lot as well in, in different areas, but Hatati's got that real versatility. Uh, Idiguchi, you know, less about, um, but I did manage to pronounce his name, so that's, that's all right. You, you think you have? I think I have. I'm leaving an attempt to it. No. Back, back <laughs> you one, I'll keep my right on that one. Yeah, um, but the issue I've got with that is I'm not seeing <coughs> the areas where I think we, we need most left-back and striker for me is where I think we're lightest. Yeah, so I was going to catch a wee bit later on, but might as well cover this just now. So... Now with those three GLA guys, what would you say are the the priorities for the January window? So, as I mentioned, you know, there are striker and two midfielders there. 
Um, do we need another striker? I think we need backup for Kyogo. I get he's not good enough. And Jack Amakis. Maybe, maybe. Remains He'll get his chance, seen. but we don't know. Yeah, so I mean, thank you. Who would the priorities be for you? Definitely. So, as I mentioned, definitely a striker, 100%. Certainly mid. Versatile, certainly mid. Somebody can play probably all the three positions. Right. And a left back's a must. An yeah. absolute must. That, yeah. that, that should be the. We've, we've seen it we've seen it during the summer as well, mm-hmm. uh, before the window shut in September, but we need a left back. Yeah. Definitely. Where are you at on that, James? Uh, Jota probably agrees very strongly. <coughs> if, you're a, if you're a left back that can link up with him, mm. then we'd get a lot more activity on that side of the pitch, you know? Yeah. Do you think we need another wide man at this moment in time? So, Jota and Forrest, I think, would be the first choices yeah. with Johnston Abada as the backup. Is that good enough, maybe? It's, it's all about just running a PL sheet, running your budget. It'd be nice, but we can probably get by without it, probably. Probably. We'll see. But I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll look at those fixtures. So December, we've talked about it recently. Nine key fixtures in December. Uh, December. December. We're now two down. So two wins. Hearts, Dundee United. Great. So we've got that in the bag. Seven fixtures to go. What we'll do, I'll, I'll cover the fixtures first of all. You can let me know your thoughts. And it's a pretty tough run over the next, you know, three and a bit of weeks, you know, between now and the 29th of December. Then we've obviously got the big game going into January. And... It's going to be a tall order to win all these games, but I suppose it's the expectation and the, you know, it's how you all feel as Celtic fans. That I actually think on paper, there's no reason why we shouldn't be winning six of the seven. I'm going to take Betis out of the equation, but let me run through them for you. So we've got Betis on Thursday night at Celtic Park. Uh, we've then got Motherwell, Sunday the 12th of December. Ross County, Wednesday the 15th of December. Happy birthday, Sinky, on that day. Uh, then it's the League Cup final against Hibs on the 19th at Hamden. Then we've got St Mirren away, Wednesday 22nd. St Johnson away, Sunday 26th, and then back to Celtic Park for Hibs on Wednesday 29th December. I mean, looking at those fixtures, James, as I say, we can take Betis out of the equation. Where do you see us tripping up? Where, where do, I know it's tough in terms of it's a relentless run. Nine yeah. games in a month is tough, but what are the games there that Celtic shouldn't go and take care of? Yeah, it's, it's not the fixtures in isolation. It's the condensed nature of the calendar, really. That's what you're looking at. So many games in you know, such a short period. Uh, the only way I look at it is if Celtic want to be serious contenders for the title and win this title in May, those are all games you've got to win. So I'm not particularly daunted by the fixtures themselves. It's just a matter of the pace of them all and can you avoid any more injuries in that period. So Celtic should be going into all those games looking for three points and taking all three points. Yeah. What about yourself, Sinky? What do you think? I mean, is um, it any banana skins there? I think we're in, we're in good form. Uh, potentially, there's, there could be a big trophy in the middle of that of course. as well, which will, uh, will give you a lift. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's some hips, hips is potentially a, a tough game, but any away fixture, and James mentioned, the condensed, the condensed fixtures, it's, December's always a tough month. You see all the managers moaning about it, mm. um, especially if starting to pick up injuries here and there. But if the squad can get through December, start to get bodies back, there's no, with the form we're in, there's nothing stopping us. I think we could get the clean sweep. I think we could. I and I think, we, I mean, I've no doubt that that's what the target will be for Ange and the team, and they will never come out and say that, but they must have a belief internally that they can go and take care of all of these games. <laughs> I say the most important thing with and James touching it, touching it quite a lot is the three points, right? Keeping ourselves as close to our rivals, um, getting that game in, in January is, is imperative. So there's nothing stopping us with the form we're in, um, and the way we're playing, and the guys that are coming in doing it, I see they're doing a all right job for us. Yeah. But um, no, I think we can, we can get through, the, through December, um, a clean sweep. Yeah, and I think that is the priority, isn't it, James? Just to, to remain in contention as we approach the, the 2nd of January. 
Yeah, and you know, Miff's thing all the way through from the start of the season was to be on the coattails of anyone who might be at the top of the league <laughs> and see if you can turn them over yeah. uh, shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with a break of the ball, it could go you know much better in their favour. We could be on top before that game comes. Myself and Paddy wanted it. It might well happen. There's enough fights just to get it done. Yeah. So you never know. You say we're breaking the ball. I wonder if Crawford Allen could have a say in, in what might happen. But well, he's, he's getting involved. Eh? Yeah. I mean, what what do you see as the, the kind of toughest fights? I think you've mentioned uh, we've always got Hibs twice, right? League Cup final. Um, but listen, let's focus on the league stuff, right? Because that is the priorities. So Motherwell, Ross County, St Martin, St Johnson, Hibs, and Hibs is at Celtic Park. To win league titles, you you need to and you should be winning those games, shouldn't you? Yeah, you should be. I like Jim Goodwin as a manager. I think he's a really smart young manager. Uh, very on the ball, reads teams well. So that could be a, a tricky one to get away to Love Street there. Cam Davidson as well. That That is probably the toughest because if he just puts these two big banks of five in a McDermott Park, that's hard to break down. And it's your job to break it down, but it could be a horrible game of football. Yeah, that's on Boxing Day. People will be feeling a bit sleepy, sinky, a wee bit lethargic. It could be a... A tricky one, couldn't it? Too much, too much, uh, too much festive cheer. Um, <laughs> that's a tricky one. Being boxing day fixture, um, like obviously the, the players are obviously the modern day players don't really have a Christmas, do they? So I don't know. The night before, I don't. I mean, you know, I mean, they don't. They don't. They obviously, they look after themselves and stuff. But similar in a way, um, will be a tough, a tough fixture. But James mentioned like St Johnson. If they set up the same way they set up against this, horrible. Uh, you talk about <coughs> football. Um, it's just that that's tough, and we've got the players. I mean, I know they like they talk about this low block, um, but you think St. John's would be kind of for the points we'll give us a go, but they seem to shut up shop against us all yeah. the time. Uh, yeah, most do. Yeah. In fact, Dundee United is the first time I've seen a team not do that in their own park. Yeah, um, Hearts. <laughs> That's where the double defensive on Thursday, you know, as much as Nielsen was saying he's going to have a go, he didn't. No. So it's just the way that teams play against Celtic now, and it's their job to break it down. Yeah. Craig Gordon wasting time with a bike kick in the third minute third tells you that Hearts weren't going to have a go at it. I need to stop doing this. <laughs> What's what happening there? <laughs> Let me shake that off. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it'll be very interesting to see how Celtic fare over these fixtures. And I thought it was interesting, think you made the point that. Rodgers' goal, you know, we've run out comfy three and a winners today, but Rodgers' goal is the one that unlocks that in 19 minutes. If it goes to 30 minutes, 40 minutes, half time, and you don't get that goal, that's when the anxiety creeps in. And I think we've seen from some of the frustrating games at Celtic Park, Livingston, Dundee United, most teams seem reluctant to open out against us because the moment they do, Celtic can really take care of it. So I think a lot of our success in December will depend on on how Motherwell, Ross County, St Martin, St Johnson, Hibs approach the game. Yeah, it does. I mean, you can't see anything but managers coming in, you know, playing really defensive football. Jim Goodwin will you know, try and play a bit of football because he's a football-minded guy, but he saw to his cost what happened at Parkhead. So you couldn't blame a guy like that from learning his lesson and being at least more defensive than he was last time out. It's, you know, we've got to be the footballing team that, Unlocks these defenses. Yeah, yeah. The honest is on us, and it's, it's our job. I, I can I can see someone getting a getting a right hide and see the chances we're creating. Aye. If it all clicks into place, someone's yeah. going to someone's going to yeah. get a tanking. Yeah. I think today could and should have been five or six. Easily. Oh, definitely should have been. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, we'll spend just a very short bit of time here on Betis. So as I mentioned, there it's a you know, it's a dead rubber and it's meaningless in the bigger picture. We'll go into the Conference League and we'll we'll see who we uh, face up against and. Is it not till February, actually? January, February? We'll find out. Um, but obviously, the Betis game, it gives Andrew an opportunity to 
maybe give some guys some some game time that might not otherwise have got it. I think James, you said Ange has come out and said that that's what he intends yeah, to do. Not not so much. He didn't say he was going to get like guys from out of nowhere kind of thing and B team guys. He was saying guys who haven't had much football. Mm-hmm. They they has around the squad. So yeah, I think we'll see about that in Thursday. Yeah, and on that note, Sinky, who would you like to see? So I'm, I'm looking at guys like Scales who might get a chance, although. Taylor's just come back at left back after injury, so it might be that Taylor continues to play. But there may be skills. We've not seen anything competitively, I don't think, from Uruguide or, or Liam yeah, Shaw. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, and they're always in the squad. So yeah. Angela sees something in them. Um, I'm saying always in the squad, they weren't in it today. <laughs> <laughs> always usually yeah, in the yeah, squad. Yeah. Apart from today, yeah. Does he get some minutes? Do we rest Kyogo? Um, and the kind of curveball might be somebody like Owen Moffat, who's made some headlines at the in the preseason. He's doing really well with the B team, as is Rocco Vata. Yeah, but I think he's only seventeen. So why not? He's not got a better chance. Oh, really? Why not? Yeah, great experience for these these young guys. So I mean, is there anyone you'd like to see sink in? Owen Moffat's one for me. I'll put it this way: to come back here yeah. a bit there. I'd much rather see Owen Moffat or Vata than a Jetty because I know, I know, I know about him, and that's all I need to know. He's not the future, is he? No. So <laughs> let's, let's see, guys, that there might be something for him. Ah, you get a look at the boys, and if they do well, I mean, potentially that they can, they can help us through it. Give them a chance. No, I'm bet, bet, bet us are going to do call. I think they're going to play pretty much a second string as well. So mm-hmm. get a wee chance to play a European night at Parkhead. Good experience for them. So yeah. we definitely want some of the young guys in there. Yeah. We also spoke about the fact that. Even as we chat this through just now, <clears throat> excuse me, we would like to see some of these young guys given a chance. But fast forward to Thursday night, when you're in Celtic Park, it's, it should be a sellout, more or less a sellout with the packages. You, you also, it's counterintuitive, isn't it? But you want to see your strongest side at all times as well, don't you? So you don't want to, nah, you don't want to go in and accept defeat. I, you never want to go into a game you know, with that outlook, but I'd much rather see development than, you know, Jetty is the perfect example. A guy that you know might be a more professional striker and more accomplished, more experienced, but not tell me anything that I didn't already know. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather some young guys in there showing me something. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll see how uh, or what Ange decides to do on the day. Um. So we're starting to wrap things up. We're kind of in the, the kind of latter ten minutes or so of the show here. What I'd like to do now is just spend just a wee bit of time uh, on Ange in general. So obviously, just as a wider subject. So as I'd mentioned earlier on in the show, he was appointed back on the tenth of June. Andrew, what's going on here? This is a nonsense. And, you know, we were all, all in on Eddie Howe, or, or most of it. Miff wasn't, to be fair to him. Um, but, you know, most of us here and in the wider Celtic fan base were all about Eddie Howe, this unknown Australian who it turns out has coached in the World Cup and different things came in. And obviously, we, you know, we fall in love with the guy. He's absolutely just, I think I'd mentioned to uh, Tony outside there, he's such a good fit culturally for Celtic. He just, uh, Sound kind of cringe and cheesy. <laughs> you just get me. He just gets it, right? You complete me. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> but he does. He just seems to. I say now, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you couldn't have picked a better guy for Celtic. Like, listen, you know, football all, all hinges on success. You can be the great guy. You can speak well. You can get what Celtic means to people. But you've got to win trophies as well. You'll get the first chance to do so on the nineteenth of December. But I'll come to you first, James. I mean, where do you think? Where are we just now in terms of where you would have expected us to be given the appointment of Ange back on the 10th of June? You can't really overstate what level of disarray uh, Celtic were in when they'd messed about with how for so, so long with the, one of the most cack-handed pieces of negotiation I've ever seen in business to let that run on for so long. So for that to fall apart, um, which 
when you actually get a bit of the backstory, to it, it's, it's almost inevitable. Celtic had no control over, over it whatsoever. And then, you know, if we're going to give credit where it's due, very quickly they had uh, Ange was in the running, and it was something like from the Wednesday to the Friday, it was all about Ange. I think it was, was it the Thursday, the Eddie Howe thing fell apart, and then mm. by the Friday, Ange was the hot ticket. And, it, you know, they got the deal over the line. So criticism and credit where it's due and kind of not equal measure, but, you know, in measure. Um, so since he's come in, you've just seen this. Like, it was a breath of fresh air. You were at his, you know, his uh, press conference when he was announced with the guy who signed him, Don McKay, but it wasn't the guy who signed him, Don, Don McKay. McKay. It was Peter Long. Don right? McKay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't mention. Aye, uh, they, they just disappeared. So to, to come in and to actually, Sean Maloney spoke about it before the game today, to so quickly create that bond, to, and not just to create a bond with fans, but to repair the severed bond with the fans was huge. And it wasn't a cynical ploy, you know, to, to be, I'm your pal, I'm going to be the great manager of all time, all that stuff. It was just like, here's who I am, here's what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. And then we start to see the football, and it's it's all the football we want to see. And then we see how he deals with the press, and that's how we want to see that dealt with. Yeah. And then we see the progress, and then how he takes the knocks of when things don't go so well, and he's like, this is how it's going to be. This is how my teams always go. So where we are in terms of my expectations, <coughs> I mean, I just didn't know pre-season, you know, in June, anyway, what, what we were going to get after such a, a dreadful time under... Did you feel the worst? Did I feel the worst? Nah, I mean, I don't really think that way with Celtic, because I think there's, there's always a way through. Lennon is as negative as I've ever been at Celtic that, that season, last season. And even then, I'm still kind of going, oh, we can win this game, we can get there and all that stuff. So I didn't fear the worst um, because I always knew the gap between us and them was a myth. It was never as big as they thought it was. It was a gap, of course. It probably was a four-point gap. And what have we got? We've got a four-point gap. So we start to close in on that. And then we can really see um, what Ange can do for us. You've seen some of the European football being playing and the results haven't quite gone our way, but the football really has gone our way. Yeah. It's exactly what we want to see. I think he's building something bigger than just, you know, winning games. This is the style of football. See what you saw today? It's the style of football. And you go into next year, they'll be playing that for 12 solid months and you'll be able to plug in new guys into the system mm. and it'll really be a joy to watch. Yeah, and I think it's also very encouraging that Ange, when he talks about progress, progressing in Europe, he, yeah, he could have went out to, to Leverkusen, for example, shut up shop, two banks of five, all this, you know, be more pragmatic and all that stuff. But his thinking and his general response, and I'm obviously kind of um, paraphrasing, but he's saying, what would we learn if we go and shut up shop? Because you know what? We've got six more, fingers crossed, six more Champions League games next season. So do we just shut up shop and just kind of hope for the best and eke out a draw and, and we'll see what it takes us? Because players don't learn if you do that. Mm -hmm. They learn to throw their body in the line. And listen, you could do that for 90 minutes and lose one nil anyway. And I think what he's saying is there's a bigger picture at play, to, to, to use your term, James. There's a bigger Celtic in Europe at play. And if I keep working with these players... And listen, we're less than six months into his system, so mm -hmm. I think the progress he's made so far has been incredible, and the signs are there that it's only going to get better. I mean, what's your take on it, Sankey? He's got the buy-in for the fans, he's got the buy-in for the players, about his, about his, the way he wants to play. Um, it's a great appointment now, looking looking at it now, six months ago, I was very sceptical about it. Were you angry? Were you upset? I wasn't angry, I was just like, the whole idea of that went on for, for ages. But now looking at it, he's the, he's the complete right fit. Like the way he conducts himself, James mentioned about the press and all that kind of stuff. The way the way he's got his team playing, he's just 
he epitomises everything you want a Celtic manager. That, that, that charisma, mm-hmm. and he's he's got it in abundance. Uh, he's got he's got you need you need to have that like ego to be a Celtic manager, but be, be good with it. Have a, still have a sincerity, but be able to kind of conduct yourself yeah. in the right way. And he's and he's got that. He really has, and he is. He's, he's going to hang. He's going to take his places. Um, places you've never been. Absolutely, I <laughs> <laughs> potentially. But the thing is. We get, we get left in an absolute mess. Yeah. We brought in, I think it was 12, is it 12 signings. 12 signings. 12, 12 signings. We mentioned about the fact he's got he's got another 25%, 30% of the boys that were kind of halfway out the door as yeah. well. Your Ralstons, your Big Tams. Rogers, like that. All, that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he's done a phenomenal job. Absolutely. And I'm excited to see what we're going to do in January in terms of the personnel. Talking about the Japanese boys, I'm not going to try and pronounce their names. But going by, please do. No, I'm not, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that again, right? But judging by that, he, he's seen these guys. He was in Japan for three and a half years, so he's seen these guys at close quarters. Mm-hmm. So I trust him. I trust his judgment completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting times ahead, and yeah. hopefully, it's a trophy. That's Definitely, yeah. you'd mentioned ego, but there's various types of ego, and I think it's a, an understated ego and confidence and charisma but he's not he's not out there thinking he's a big i am nor does he want to be the center of attention for him it's all about building something and, and focusing on the team and to your point sinker i think we've all bought in hook line and sinker we're setting ourselves up here for a fall but even like said this afternoon paddy from the show uh he was at the game and he sent us a video clip that he took from the stands at tanadice and it's Ange coming to meet the fans as he does after away games and they're losing their <laughs> mind <laughs> and all he's doing is coming out and giving a bit of you know work in the he crowd two songs now and he picks up a scarf somebody's throwing a scarf on at the, the the turf at tanadice he's picked up the scarf hope it doesn't say it in dodgy on it. <laughs> he's picked up the scarf and held it aloft and they've just lost their minds <laughs> and everyone's bought into it. i posted it on twitter earlier on and it, it's something like three or four hundred uh likes on it in a very short space of time and i think we've just bought into it hook line and sinker and actually and you know there's ups and downs and we've talked about and roller coaster paddy likes to call it the Ange train but there will be ups and downs when you're going through such a transformation. But there's no doubt it's such a breath of fresh air, and it's been a, a really exciting time to be a fan. And I just think long may that continue. You talk about the kind of system changing for Europe. I think we are pretty skeptical because of Rodgers. Uh-huh. I, I think that was a seven-one at PSG. <laughs> I really because like he didn't want to change. He was great, but Rodgers had it has got an ego. Right. But I think what you're saying there about Rodgers completely ties in with how he played in Leverkusen. He's training those guys to play PSG at home next season with that approach. He's not training them to try and, like you say, eke out, you know, win in Leverkusen. He's saying, this is a system and we don't want you approaching PSG. Rodgers just went, I'm a brilliant manager. Here's a bit of formation. Off you go. Aye. I didn't quite work out. Yeah. Because they were so cold, you know, it was just like, Cold knowledge yeah. for them. And I think it also shows that Ange wants to be here to build something. Mm-hmm. He doesn't intend to be here and jump ship to Leicester or Villa anytime soon, you know, those kind of moves. And I think he sees a bigger, a bigger picture for Celtic, and I think that's got to be really encouraging. So. so I'll do we're just starting to wrap things up for today. James, I'll come to you first. What's your final thoughts and, and your hopes for these January fixtures? December. 
That's what I meant. <laughs> Good job, you're here. I'm like, I haven't looked at Chinese face. So I want a break. Hold on a minute. Yes, December, of course. We go again. Yeah. Um, yeah, just as I've covered, a lot of fighters and not a lot of time. But what that also does, it allows you to build momentum. Each win pushes on to the next one. Thursday's a wee bit of an interruption because it'll be change of personnel, but back into next weekend, and then it's midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, all the way through. So use momentum, get the wins, and just, just push on. Maximum points are required, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, Sinky, th- I think it's seven games in the next 24 days. So what's your hopes, expectations for that, and any final thoughts? As I mentioned, it needs to be maximum points. Um, <coughs> we need to go to this game in second of January. Um, Close as we can. Um, I'm not more, more really worried about what they're doing on the other side of the, of the fence. It's all about us. So all, all we can do, and obviously we beat the teams up in front of us and get through December. We are a relatively strong squad. Uh, hopefully stay avoid more injuries um, and get the guys back there. We're almost out at the moment. But I want, I want a clean sweep. I want us to kick on, keep the momentum going. As you said, Bethes and Thursday is a bit of an interruption. Yeah. But it's also a chance for the young guys. But I want, I want a good December. I want to go into January with something to play for. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So clean yeah. sweep's the plan. Yeah. So that just about wraps things up for us on Axum's Charity Weekender. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in for, tuned in for us today. And also across the last 24 hours or so, there's still a, a few shows to go tonight. Uh, in addition, we'd also like to say a big thank you to Paul, John and the team here for the great work they're doing this weekend for the charities. Remember, you can still make a donation via the GoFundMe and the link to that is currently the pinned tweet on Axum's Twitter account. Any donations will go a long way towards supporting the great work that the parishes of St Mary's and St Alphonsus do and every single penny is really appreciated. Finally, we'll have the audio recording for this one live tomorrow at theCelticExchange.com. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.